Yo, 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 we live on location from the Spotify studios here in New York City. Today, we tapping in internationally, man. We got Sir Tony Parker all the way from the Spotify beach in Cannes, France. Shout out to Spotify for hooking us up and giving us that international connection, man. We appreciate y'all joining us and getting with us. We appreciate you coming on here with us, TP, and hooking up in Cannes, <laughs> man. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for having me. That's yes, sir. Cool. Yes, sir. Man, it's draft week here in NYC. And as you are very well aware of, TP, <laughs> France is all the talk right here this week in New York with the oh, impending no. first pick. Your young fella, Victor Wimbayama. I mean, we're gonna get into him. We're gonna get into young Victor, but we wanna <laughs> we want we wanna take it all the way back to 2001, man. I'm uh, this is one year after we was drafted. The Spurs grabbed you at, at the 28th pick. Do you remember what you was feeling leading up to the draft that week, TP? Man, it, it was crazy. It was a crazy, uh, crazy two weeks because I did like 15 workouts uh, Ooh, and uh, travel what? every city. You know, you you have to think about it. Like back in the day, you know, Europeans was not as high right now. You know, right now, right. any European can be drafted. But back then, there was no European point guard and uh, it was tough to to be drafted. Yeah. And so uh, and so that's why I did a lot of workouts. I did the Spurs twice. I did the Celtics twice. So I was kind of arriving in New York and I was not even in the green room, you know, I was in the stands, you know, with my dad and my agent and we were just waiting and I had no idea what was going to happen. And uh, the draft starts and so they draft guys and in Boston the day before they did a workout with me and they were like, okay, we're going to take you at 21. Uh, We have three first round pick. We need a point guard. So uh, 19 comes and uh, the lady of the NBA, Chrissy, you know Chrissy. Yeah, Chrissy yeah. She, she Chrissy comes Chan. to me and she comes with the <laughs> with the Celtic caps and she's like, okay, the Celtics is going to draft you. So I'm starting oh. to get up, you know. And and one minute after, she comes back and she takes the cap. And she's oh, like, they changed their mind. They <laughs> <you> dirty. <laughs> oh. changed their mind. And I was like, really? And I guess it was a fight, you know, between the head coach and the GM and the owner. And so basically, they drafted the Joe Forte uh, from Joe North Forte. Carolina. Oh, North right. Carolina. Back yeah. in the day, only stayed, I think, like two or three years in yes, the league. Yes. It didn't last long. But that's why it's, it's, like, it's like crazy. And then I went all the way down to 28. And the Spurs was trying to make some trades to pick me at 20 because it was like uh, everybody thought I was going to go to Boston and they didn't have to trade anything and they got me at 28. So it was a long night for me, guys. It was really long to wait. On That's what to I want to know. Tell me how, like, it's already long for you to be there waiting to be picked at where you thought you were going to get picked when she came at yeah. 20. But, like, yeah. what was that feeling like when she went away and then you had to wait eight more picks after that? Like, what was that? At that point, I was worried that I was going to be in the second round. And uh, I was kind of like starting to be sad because I was 19. I could have waited one more year, two more years. You know, I didn't yeah. have to go right away uh, to the draft. But the strategy with my dad and my agent, they were like, let's go now to the draft and you have a better chance to be a late round first pick and play with a good team right away. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but if I go second round, there's no guaranteed contract. And then it's right. tough, you know, because back then, you know, the Europeans, we have not a good... Uh, like uh, like nobody drafted Europeans back then. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I was like worried that, man, if I'm not uh, first round, I'm not going to have a guaranteed contract. How did you feel uh, going through the workouts? Like, uh, did you feel like you were doing a good job when you was going? Because I know it's, 
it's like every other day. Like yeah, when you're going it, through it the workouts. Tough. You yeah. you'll be here, hop on the plane, then the next morning you, you working out, then you hopping on another plane. So I know it's like crazy like that, but how did you feel like you did during the workout? So I think I did well. That's what I was thinking. You know, you never really know because they don't say much. You know, you do right. the workout and they're nice to you, but then you're on to the next one, you know. So yeah. I, I was trying to do my best. And uh, every time, you know, they played very physical. They were like, try to beat me up uh, because that was the reputation of European guys. You know, they're soft right, and stuff like right. that. So they wanted to see if I was soft, if I was going to respond, if I had character and stuff like that. And so every workout, you know, I went very hard. My dad is American, so he prepared me very well about the mentality that I should have in those workouts. Yeah. But to be honest, I had no idea if I'd be drafted or not. I was hoping in a first round. Hey, don't let Black sit here and act like he knows what you're talking about, about jumping on planes and going to work. He wasn't doing that. He, he, can, <laughs> he can tell you from my experience, he was aware of what I was doing. Me and you was in the same boat, TP, flying all over. <laughs> People trying to get us to come for second workouts the day before the draft. and D-Miles had a couple of steak dinner meetings. He went in there, walked around. Miles was like, like like Victor. Yeah, like Victor. he like Victor. He was like yeah, he was like that. He's game and it, that's it. Thank you. He was he was not doing the heavy lifting that you and I was doing, pulling the flights and going and working out. And, nah, he was walking around like the king. He was getting he was getting taking the dinner. Uh, I had and a few to. workouts. <laughs> a few. That yeah, was like it. maybe one, one or two. <laughs> he had it. like two, three workouts. <laughs> TP, that was it. Like, you know, he was the at that point he was set. He was about to be the highest high school player ever taken. He was about to make history at, at that point. That's what he yeah, did. Life, life, life was so good for him. You go to nice restaurants. We yeah, had to catch the next dinner. plane. We didn't. We didn't have time to go to restaurants. <laughs> exactly. They getting us in and out. Exactly. Talk, talk about the uh, current NBA. Um, seeing the Denver Nuggets win the championship for the first time ever and seeing the combination of a guard and a center kind of working their way out to the top, you know, reminds me of you and Timmy. What do you see the similarities between uh, Jamal Murray and Joker and, and you and Timmy? But first of all, it's, it's, a, it's a huge honor uh, because I saw uh, Kyle Lowry say the same thing, you know, yeah. that uh, Murray mm -hmm. and Jokic was reminding him of uh, me and Timmy, mm -hmm. uh, a huge honor, huge honor. Um, if we can, you know, obviously inspire, you know, uh, people uh, always wanted to do that for my country. And uh, and now that I see people using us as examples, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Now that I have time this year to be uh, nostalgic, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's really the first time in my life that I, I can reflect and being nostalgic because of the Hall of Fame and everything that is happening. It forces me to sit down and think about everything because I have to write my speech and I'm in the middle of doing that right now. And so that's why it's pretty cool to see that. And I was very happy for Denver. Uh, first time in 47 years. Crazy. Uh, that, that's awesome when it's the first time that you win a championship. I kind of felt that with the Spurs too because everybody said in 99 it was a, a asterisk, you know, a championship. Right. So yeah, the, the, the Spurs strike. was like, exactly. So the Spurs was like really celebrating for the first time in 03, you know, when we won it. Yeah. And uh, and to be compared to those guys, uh, they, they, they had an unbelievable run, especially Jokic. His run was unbelievable. Uh, and it's just uh, the vision that David Stern had, you know, with the dream team to to make sure that the, the game is global and is worldwide. And I was one of those kids, you know, uh, at the dream team. Uh, I went to watch them play uh, when they played in Monaco. And oh, then they went dope. to Barcelona. Uh, me, Gasol, Novitsky, you were always here in interviews. Like, we were 
like those kids, you know, that watch them. Mm-hmm. And now when you see the results of all that uh, 20, 30 years later, and you see Jokic, uh, Giannis, uh, Doncic, and now Victor, that's going to be number one. It's crazy how basketball grew all around the world. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, and like, you know, dealing with the Nuggets and Jokic uh, winning the finals MVP, talk about, you just spoke on how when you got drafted, the, you know, Europeans weren't short shots. It wasn't as many of y'all being drafted. And then you fast forward and look at it now, like you say, Wimby's about to be number one. You got the last four MVPs, our, our, our foreign international guys with MB, Jokic twice, and, and Giannis twice back to back. Do you feel now that it's like, it's, it's kind of like an invasion? Like some of the best players <laughs> in the world, yeah. I mean, in the NBA, are coming from overseas. They're kind of dominating the league. And it's not, like you said, it's not that same. Uh, perspective the, about the Europeans that it used to be like they we now know that that these dudes are 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 preparing and getting themselves to become the best players in the world and they're making it here and they're actually doing it five MVPs and and all of these different things and now the world champs so what do you feel about that impact that the, that the Europeans are having on what the international guys are having on the league right now? I think the the biggest difference is is when I was a kid. I was dreaming. It was my dream, you know, to play in the NBA. It was a dream. I wanted to try to become the first European point guard to make it in the NBA. Now, the guys of today, I don't, I don't feel like it's a dream for them. It's like a goal. Like yeah. It's my goal. It's my goal to, to go to the NBA. And that's a different uh, approach, you know. Uh, and, and they're like uh, motivated and they know that they can make it. They know they can have a chance, you know, uh, because now uh, any franchise they're not scared uh, anymore to have a European guy being their franchise guy, like Jokic, you know, and uh, yeah. and Giannis. Uh, and it started, you know, uh, uh, when when I arrived with Pau and Dirk, uh, yeah. we, we showed that you can have European guys being the franchise or top two, top three best player in their team. And uh, and I think it's going to keep growing. You know, we I'm, I'm sure China is going to come pretty soon, you know, as they uh, improve training, Africa, yeah. Africa for sure, now that the NBA... Uh, uh, they're very involved over there. I'm I'm pretty sure that soon we're going to see a lot more African guys coming to the league, and then India. That's not even tapped in. You know, India is a huge, huge, huge uh, uh, continent, country, and uh, it, I think it's going to keep going in that way. I still think you know the U.S. They'll still produce you know some great players. Obviously, they're still number one in the world in international competition. Uh, but uh, but it's hard for for them to to win now, you know. Uh, in the last final in the Olympics, you know, uh, uh, France lost by five. It was a close game, and uh, as I see uh, France uh, improving, you know, with Victor coming in, we have a lot lot of great talent that are going to improve the national team. It's going to be tough for the U.S. to keep winning uh, uh, yeah. every competition like they used to. You know, they used to win by 20, 30 every competition. But now I think in the near future, uh, it's going to be very interesting. You know, the World Cup and the Olympics uh, starting this summer, you know, in the World Cup. I don't know exactly who's going for the U.S. team, but mm-hmm. I feel like if they don't bring their best players, it's going to be tough for them to, to win. And uh, historically, uh, the the American guys they like to come for the Olympics, you know, because right. that's, that's that's our World Cup soccer, you know, like soccer World Cup is the main thing, and basketball is the Olympics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be interesting to see who they're gonna bring for this competition. But I know next year it's gonna be a huge competition because I know the Americans they love Paris, they love France, so the Olympics yeah. is gonna be a nice one. <laughs> yes, yeah. Y'all heard it here, man. TP is speaking real facts. If we don't send our best. It ain't a guarantee now. We gotta we we can't just go over there without you know, we gotta go with our top guys. 
top guys, top guys, and and practice a little bit. You know, yeah, back yeah, then they, they, they come right. for you can't just get come together. for a week, two weeks. Yeah, exactly. And so because Europeans, you know, we practice a, a month before, month and a half before. We build chemistry. We've been playing together since we 14 years old, mm-hmm. and so that's why it's a, a lot different. You know, tell us the uh, process uh, of a guy coming from overseas because it's. All the guys that seem like that's coming from overseas that's playing in already pro leagues, it seems like they already are prepared for the league these days. Yep. Mm-hmm. So tell us just like the process that you have to go through to... Uh, yeah, yeah, you have different ways, you know, now. Uh, you, you start to play professional very uh, early. You know, 15 years old, that's crazy. when I started. 15, 16, 17, you're already playing professionally. You're already playing with older guys, uh, veterans, you know. So they're already teaching you how to be a professional. And that's why when, uh, let's say, uh, like, like Luca, when Luca came, he, he was playing for Real Madrid the, the last three right. years. So he was, he was already playing like an NBA season because in the EuroLeague, where Real Madrid plays, we play more than 80 games. Uh, the team that I own is in the EuroLeague, you know, and so it's like an NBA season and, and you play against great talent. EuroLeague teams are, are really good. And that's why those young Europeans, when you see them arrive, they, they, they're more and more ready. Uh, or when they're 16, 17, they send them to Australia or to different countries where they have programs mm-hmm. now to make those kids 16, 17, 18 play because it's a, it's a, it's like a formula for them, for their budget, you know, to make, take a, a talent, a prospect, make him play, and then they'll get that big money, you know, once he's drafted the first round. So you have a lot of programs now in different teams in Europe or Australia where they, they help those uh, prospects to play very early, play a lot of minutes, and then get paid off uh, when they get drafted. Tell me this. You, you're a guy that, you know, obviously you came from overseas in France playing, and now, you, you like you say, you own a team, you get to see a lot of the games. And I want to go back to something that Luca said when he first got here. He was like, it's easier to play in the NBA because of the physicality. Would you agree with that, that, you know, the level of physicality over overseas is a lot higher? Yeah, I, I will agree to a certain extent, meaning like the, it's just a different game. You know, mm-hmm. the NBA is very open. The three-point line is is further. And, and the, the with the three-second rule, it, it creates a lot of gaps for people to penetrate and uh, and you can't even touch anybody now, you know, when you play yeah, defense. Exactly. And, yeah, exactly. And in Europe, you know, you can you can hold, you can put your like hand and everything. You have the you have no three second rule. So if the big guy wants to stay in the middle of the paint, he can stay. And then the the three point line is not as far. So the, just because of that, it creates a lot more physicality and less room, you know, to to penetrate and stuff right. like that. That's why we always say if you can't shoot, it's hard to play in, in Europe, you know. Uh, and, and the NBA is a lot different because the NBA is like promoting that. You know, they want to see more offense, more points mm-hmm. uh, because that's what the fans want. And it's very different when we play, guys. Uh, like when, when we played, it was still a little bit like the 90s, you know. It was mm-hmm. still like, like the ball went inside a lot and it was a lot more you physical. You can still, yeah. exactly, you can still play defense. Uh, so now it's, I'll just say it's different. You know, it's just a different game that uh, going towards more uh, offense, you know, and more... Uh, shots, more three-point shots. So mm. it just creates uh, more opportunities for guys to to score. Uh, you and Q are old men now. You know, not me, <laughs> but, but you know, you and Q are old men now. That's some shit. How, how was it to see uh, a picture of Victor with your jersey on? Uh, it was crazy. Was younger? Uh, it was crazy. It was crazy. And it's funny because he played for my team, you know, in Asvel, yeah, the yeah. team that I own. And he never told me about that picture. It's funny. Mm. And uh, I had to say her, her sister uh, came to my academy. 
I still have his little brother in my academy. Mm, so obviously great. we had a, a good relationship, you know, with the family. And uh, I was so surprised when I saw <laughs> I saw that picture. I was like, "Hey, you never told me." <laughs> so, so it was funny to to see him uh, being uh, uh, watching the Spurs, you know, growing up, and yeah. uh, and using that as a as a motivation. And uh, so it, it, it felt like destiny, you know. Uh, yeah, I knew he, I knew, I, I knew he wanted to come to San Antonio. I knew with his family. I, I knew he wanted to go to the Spurs. And uh, and so when it really happened, I was like, wow, it's like destiny. That's crazy. So when did you first like? How long have you known Wimby? When did you first meet him? And how first did you time get... I saw first time I saw him play, he was 14 years old. First time I saw him play, he was at so your tall, academy. Obviously, no, not at my academy. He was in Paris. Okay, he was in Paris, and so with my scouts, you know, they told me about him. He's going to be the next big thing. Blah blah blah. He's unbelievable. He plays like a guard. He's so tall, and I was like, that's the first time I heard about him. Then when the first time I saw him play is when he played for Paris. So he was playing for Nanterre. It was his first year uh, professional. And uh, and so that's when we decided to to sign him, you know. Mm. And so then I met the family. Uh, his sister was already at my academy. And so that's how we worked out the deal. And he decided to come at Asvel when he was 17. Mm. Wow. That's what's up. That's dope. If you had the opportunity to play with Victor, how would you play with him? Same as Timmy. He's a great <laughs> pick and roll player because he can do everything. You know, he can yeah. shoot the ball. Uh, he, he can dribble like a guard. He can bring it up. Uh, he's a special talent. You know, uh, I never saw a prospect like that being 7-2 and having all the guard skills and can play 1-5. You know, uh, yeah, he's definitely skilled like that. And so it's going to be interesting to see how Pop, Pop's going to use him, you know, uh, especially in the basketball of today, you know. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, he... Um... We, me and Q was saying this months ago, like when they was talking about the the Detroit and and Houston. We was always yeah. saying like San Antonio is like the perfect place. It's the safest place. It's the yeah, sure. place that for we him, feel like yeah. he gonna get the most development and and they gonna do do right by him. Do you feel the same way? I feel the same way. Uh, I was kind of worried if he went to Houston or Detroit. Uh, no disrespect to Detroit or Houston, but the the players that they had and stuff like that. Uh, uh, when you have a player like that, you're going to have to adapt and kind of yeah. play for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I didn't know if Houston and Detroit will have that discipline, you know, with the guys that they have, you know. I know with Pop, he'll make sure <laughs> right, exactly. all goes, goes through him and, and, and build around him with the great pieces that they have, you know, with Devin or Keldon. So uh, I, I think that, yes, is the perfect spot for him. I'm a little bit biased, but I, <laughs> I, I, really, I really think it's the perfect spot for him and uh, and the perfect coach for him to uh, learn and have good habits, you know. To tell me about the, you know, how how obviously I, I feel like it starts with you, but talk about the connection that 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 you kind of started between France and the Spurs. And I mean, you spoke about it saying like, you know, everybody saw Wimby, his whole family, the whole room yeah. <laughs> wanted him yeah. to go to the Spurs, and then the Spurs yeah. are like France's like NBA team. Talk about. You know how strong that connection is, and, and you know how much you had to do with it. Are you proud of that? The impact yeah, you made with that? Um, yeah, I'm very, very proud of that. And uh, I always took it seriously to be a great ambassador uh, for French basketball and try to represent France as best as I can uh, in the U.S. And so <laughs> it's funny. I, I feel like the the whole country wanted Wemby to go to the Spurs right. because because of the connection with me and Boris Diaw yeah. and mm -hmm. Nando De Colo, Jan Mahimi, Geoffrey Lauvergne. It's like five or six guys from yeah. France who played for the Spurs already. 
So you have all those connections. And so, uh, and, and me, I still live over there. I still got my house over there. So uh, it'd be nice to, to welcome him and, and, and try to help him as much as I can as he, he gets situated uh, in San Antonio. Yeah, I'm going to have to jump off that cliff at your house, man. Yeah, you come whenever you want. Whenever you want. Whenever you want. You know what? We'll shoot your show. We'll shoot your show with Wemby at my house. Like that, we can do it the splash. Yeah, we got to do Get Wemby at TP, huh? With Pop being able to coach Victor, what do you think Pop is going to give Victor that you feel Victor really needs? I think it's going to be a win-win situation. I didn't know if Pop was going to keep going, you know? Yeah. And now, now that he gets the number one, I feel like it's going to give him a new a new youth, you know, some new energy mm-hmm. uh, for him to to keep going. And, uh, and uh, for Wemby, uh, all the knowledge, you know, all the knowledge of Pop and all of the experience can only help him, you know, like I said, to create good habits and to make him into a champion, you know, and have that mentality. Uh, because you know, winning a championship, and you know, guys, is really, really hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, and yes. the NBA, especially the way he's going to start, you know, where we 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 going to need a couple more pieces before yeah, we can you contend. You know, yeah, it's going to take some time. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's why uh, I think the Spurs going to be patient with him. I think Pop's going to be patient, and that's why I think is the perfect spot because it's it's definitely going to take a franchise where you you're going to need patience a little bit like Denver did, a little bit like. Like uh, like uh, like Dallas, the way they did with Dirk Nowitzki, you know, mm-hmm. we took some time, and Dirk was struggling his first two years, and they stuck with him, and, and obviously he had a all of him career. So I think that's the environment that uh, Wemby is going to need to try to fulfill his dream. I'm sure is to bring a championship to the Spurs. Yeah, that's what I'm excited for him to be there for. I feel like it's a like like we said, it's it's very stable, and I think. The you know the city, the town, San Antonio, they'll they'll handle him the right way, like you said, what they did with Dallas with Dirk, and give him his time and and allow him to grow and not be one of those fan bases just you know gonna be moaning and groaning and thinking something exactly. should be going on exactly. before it should. They'll 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 do good and be patient with him, and he'll be allowed to grow. So I was I was excited for him for that part. Because you know sometimes uh, in the NBA they they want everything fast. Yes, kind of kind of like the the, mod- the, the, the the yeah like the modern world. You know, every all the young generation sometimes they want everything like fast, you know. But sometimes it, it just takes time, and and some of those franchises they just change so fast, you know, like one year, two year, and bam, everybody is fired, you know. And yeah. I was just worried for Wemby to go in the team where it was going to be that mentality, and exactly. I know with San Antonio it's not going to be like that. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the evolution of like you know the, the how guys are able to get to the league now? Now you got the G League ignite. You know, there's basically like the team of guys that go straight to, from high school to go play there and 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 yep. learn how to become pros. Then you not got now you have overtime elite out in Atlanta that's producing. You know, they got the Thompson twins. It's gonna be lottery yep. picks. Like, yep. what what's your take on the different avenues that that are available for guys to to, to make it to the NBA now? I think it's great to have different options. I have nothing against having different options. You go to the league, you know, Europe or Australia, or OTE or whatever. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't matter as long as you go to the, at the at the right time, you know. Because with the NBA, as you know, guys, you only had you only have like one first impression, you right? Know? Mm. And, and sometimes, you know, some of the young guys from France, they just go a little bit too early, you know. And I wish they stayed one or two more years just to perfect their craft and and keep improving and and getting comfortable with uh, handling the pressure and all that 
uh, everything that comes to be an NBA player. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that's be my only wish that uh, is no rush. You know, uh, uh, you can see the players are playing longer and longer. As long as you take care of your body, you can have, uh, you know, longevity and you can play a long time. So it doesn't matter if you arrive at 19 or 20 or 21. It can make a huge difference between playing 15 years in the league or three years in the league. Yeah. As you know, it's 350 or 400 players in the league. You mm-hmm. got 60 new guys coming in every year. The competition is rough. It's yeah. tough. The average uh, of an NBA guy career, as you know, is four years. Mm-hmm. So that one extra year or two extra years that you do in Europe can change your career and, and prolong your career He because of that first right impression. Now. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Is there anybody else in the draft that you're looking at that uh, you are uh, interested in seeing where they get drafted and where they're going? Yeah, Scoot. Scoot looks like a, like an unbelievable prospect. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like he's going to be number two, uh, except if they if uh, the Hornets go a different direction. But he's a special talent too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it always, the, the, the draft, it, it's a crazy thing, the draft. Like I always think like if I was a GM, like like do you take Greg Oden or you take Kevin Durant? Do you take Zion or you take John Morant? Like, mm-hmm. like it's crazy those those tough decisions, you know, uh, that you know maybe a guard can play longer. Uh, but you have some big guys like Timmy, KG, you know, they had long careers. Like mm-hmm. it's hard, you know, it's no perfect science, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's tough, you know, the draft. And so, uh, and that's why it makes it interesting, you know, like uh, you never know who's going to make it. Like it's no way. I don't care how good you are as a scout that you can predict what Jokic did with his exactly. career. Exactly. Uh, when, when, he, when he came out of the second round, or Manu, Manu was 57 right. in the second yeah. round, and, and, and Pop didn't even see him play. Like, like he was playing in Italy, and he just, yeah, I'll trust the scouts. Let's take him. He looks good. He looks right. different, you know. But <laughs> right. then he, Pop never really saw him play, and he had a Hall of Fame career. It's crazy. Yeah, what, you, what you think about, like, you know, how they saying the big man is, is a stink, and the last three MVPs have been two centers and a power forward slash center? I think it's funny because a lot of people say it's a guards league, you know, and and, hmm. and because of Steph Curry or uh, Lillard or all those guards, you know, everybody says it's a guard league, but I, I think that the big guys is still important, man. <laughs> like, oh, man. It's, hard, it's, it's hard to win a championship without a good, uh, a good big man, you know, and if you look at the last championships, you know, uh, uh, LeBron needed AD, you know, to win his championship, uh, Giannis, uh, Jokic, uh, mm-hmm. you, you need the, the, those big guys, you know, and, and so Golden State, they might be the the how can I say the exception, you know, even if obviously Dramon mm-hmm. is is uh, doing uh, all the dirty work, all the stuff that you need to do to win championships. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think that uh, yes, you need some guards for sure, but you need your big guy too. Hey, you know, you said you talked about the Hall of Fame you got coming up, and that's a you know obviously major congrats on that accomplishment. Thank you guys. We know a big part of that is, man, who will you have to present? Have you decided? And how did you come to that decision if you did? So first of all, uh, I feel very blessed. Uh, it's something that I never thought, you know, like like me, my dream was to play in the NBA. I never thought about like winning championships or, or Hall of Fame. Like it's like crazy mm-hmm. to me, you know, it's almost surreal. And I think I will realize it even more when we over there. And I had the opportunity to go uh, twice already uh, for Timmy and then for Manu. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was an easy decision uh, to uh, decide who's going to present me. So uh, the first night, you know, when you get um, uh, your ring and the trophy and your jacket, 
I will have Boris Diaw and Ronnie Troyev uh, presenting me uh, because of the national team history. Mm -hmm. uh, this year, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary on our first gold medal, the first gold medal ever in French that. basketball. Yeah. So that's why uh, I wanted to to uh, do it with them. And then the, the 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 next day when you do your speech and everything, it'll be Timmy and Manu. Oh, oh, that's, that's solid, up, man. Got to get to road dogs. I like that. Yeah, got, got, got to, got to. <laughs> now let me ask you this, right? Because you know we at the Knuckleheads, we didn't had a lot of interviews, a lot of people, a lot of lot of prestigious, you know, things going on. But you, my boy, are the one and only person that is has been knighted. You are a knight. How does making the <laughs> Hall of Fame compare to being becoming a knight yes. from the from um, like from you are a knight, bro? Yeah, <laughs> I no, no, it, it's like crazy. Like like when when you when you say it like that, it sounds crazy. It <laughs> is. Right. It's crazy like for, for my for my country and uh, no, I, I, like I said earlier, you know, um, I, I think I, I always try to you know do something right, you know, for for my country. I'm animated about that. I want to do stuff now uh, that can create opportunities for the next generation. And that's why opening my academy in Lyon and my academy is going to open the next one in Paris after the Olympics is something that can affect, you know, the, the next generation and have a positive uh, uh, thing on, on, on people. And so that's why I'm doing my, my investment like that. You know, I always try to do something good for the community. And so uh, it's a huge honor when the president calls you and say that he's going to do something like that and honor you something like that. Uh, I never did those stuff to to do that, you know. Uh, I just do it because I want to give back, and uh, and it's pretty cool when you have something like that. And to compare it to the Hall of Fame, for me, is like it's two different things, you know. I will always be a sports guy first, you know, because right. I love sports, I love basketball. So Hall of Fame means more, you know, to me. But 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 you have to like it's funny because when I was with my friends and my parents at first I was like joking around I'm like <laughs> I was in the White House of the French you know it's right, called l'Elysée right. you know l'Elysée and I was kind of like joking like uh, like uh, that's nothing you know but as soon as the president came in <laughs> right like, oh wow like the institution you know right away you like oh yeah okay, that's what that's I'm big, saying like like, like 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 Hall that's, of that's, Fame that's big time. Yeah. yeah like but like <laughs> I, night like was that did you even think that was ever to be, even a to be, possibility no, no way. No yeah, way. Yeah, like that's and, like and, and and if you think about it, that's way bigger than the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. the way I approach it, I was like, eh, I don't care, you know. <laughs> but when Timmy like and Manu, superhero, Timmy so. and Manu gonna be presenting you, you should tell them like, hey, I need y'all to make sure y'all know and make it known that I'm a knight. That like I'm different <laughs> than y'all. Like, like, like I'm different. Like, yeah. you know how they say like that I'm different for real. Like I'm, you know, it's just the truth. <laughs> I, 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 will, I will remind them to them. Yeah. I, will tell them. <laughs> I have one more question for you. This kind of a fun question. We heard that you you really are into action figures, life size action figures. Can you tell us yes. about your uh, collection of action figures? <laughs> I never I never collect anything. And um, after a while, my friends they were always like, "Oh, Tony, we never know what to give you for your birthday or Christmas." And I like movies, I like Marvels. And so I was like, one day I was yeah. like, just buy me, just buy me an action figure. I'll put it in my in my gym, you know, in my movie theater. Mm -hmm. And and started with one and two and three. 
And now I have like like 60, you know, I have like maybe <laughs> one of the biggest collection in the world because I only collect like life size, you know, the yeah. big ones that they use for movie theaters. Mm -hmm. And now people, they know I collect, so they call me directly, you know, like <laughs> you can have this one if you want, you know, the big ones. Mm -hmm. And and now my collection is so big. Now I started, uh, they go to museum now. Like, so the That's museum crazy. of San Antonio uh, asked for my collection for three months to do an exhibition, you know, for, for the people wow. of San Antonio. And now I have offers from different cities and I never thought it will take uh, that like kind of, yeah, crazy. never. Like, I, it was just a fun thing at first. And now it's pretty cool because I'm getting special, special gifts and special uh, statues. So it's just a fun thing to do that now that I can share with my kids because now my kids, obviously, they're huge Marvel fans. Yeah, so exactly. it's pretty cool. <laughs> so you got the whole Avengers. We're going to have to pull up on exactly. that and see what that be like. <laughs> Uh, like I said earlier, you're welcome anytime at my house and uh, we'll, we'll do one of your episodes at my house. We'll do it. Yeah. It'll be fun. I want to take this time too to congrats both of you guys because uh, it's, it's an unbelievable show. Uh, I watch it. I listen to you guys and it's, it's fun. Uh, it's smart. It's interesting. And uh, just wanted to say congrats too. Oh, man. Appreciate you, bro. Definitely appreciate it. And I want to ask you, before we get you out of here, you know, you got your young boy about to go number one. Can you give Wimby a special draft night message that we going to play for him? Can you, what's okay. your message to him for draft night? Uh, in French or in English? No, I mean, you know what? I'll do it in English like that everybody can understand. Okay. I'll, I'll do it in English. Victor, just wanted to give you a, a, a message. Uh, just wanted to say congrats. Uh, I'm very happy for you. Uh, I knew you wanted to go to San Antonio. You wanted to play for the Spurs. And now it's going to happen. Uh, I hope you're going to change basketball for the best and uh, and that you're going to live all those uh, expectations. Uh, your agent showed me a crazy video uh, the morning of your draft. You said that you knew you wouldn't go to the Spurs. So now it's happening. So now it's your turn to bring us a championship. There we mm -hmm. go. Hey, man, listen, this has been a uh, special, special edition of Duckleheads tapping in internationally with Sir Tony Parker. Spotify. Out there in, in Cairns, and, and we appreciate Spotify for the New York offices. We appreciate Spotify Beach out there in Cairns. Man, this has been a live on location special draft edition <laughs> with the Sir. The Hall Knighty, of Fame. Sir, Tony <laughs> Parker, soon to be Hall of Fame. We, we, hey, man, we appreciate you jumping on Thank with us. Thank you, guys. And Thank you very much. We definitely going to come down to San Antonio Next and one make is it San happen. Antonio. Next Live on location, everybody. <laughs> Live on location. I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> All right, take care, guys. Yes, sir. I want to thank y'all for your continued support of the Knuckleheads Podcast. Be sure to give us two taps by writing a review and rating five stars wherever you get your podcast. And make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You can also watch all the episodes on the Players Tribune YouTube page. Follow us on social media at Knuckleheads Podcast. And join our Knuckleheads Facebook group for exclusive content. Thanks again to all of our guests and fans. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. The Players' Tribune.